The Longbox Crusade presents Pop Culture Pazacast. Welcome to Pop Culture Pazacast. This is the show where we will find all the good stuff and items of pop culture. Movies, music, comics, TV shows, you name it. And we're going to find the fun stuff in it. I'm Pepe Pat, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jazzy Jared. Pew, pew, pew. I'm Jazzy. Hello, Pat. I'm jazz happy hands. to be here. I got my Oop. jazz hands. That's right. Now, before we tackle today's topic, I'll do a quick reminder to our audience of what our mission is with this podcast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tackle a controversial or even a generally disliked item of pop culture. We're going to give you our honest overall feelings on it. And most importantly, we're going to take the time to shine a light on the positive aspects of whatever we're talking about today. All about finding the positivity and the good stuff. Here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to try to convince you to like something that you don't. If you don't like the topic we're covering, that's okay. But we're just going to point out the good stuff. We're also not going to encourage fandom battles. We welcome your thoughts on our social medias and your replies to the show. We always want to hear from you guys. But what we don't need is you battling in the chat or in the social, you know what I'm saying, in social medias. We don't need someone saying, oh, this thing actually sucked all the way. No, it didn't suck. You suck, blah, blah, blah. That gets us nowhere. We don't need arguments. All right. So we're not encouraging fandom battles here. We're also not telling anybody you're wrong. These things are all subjectives and your feelings are your feelings and feelings are never wrong. So if you don't like something, that's okay. You don't have to agree with us when we find the positivity and things. That's okay. Live your life how you're going to live it. We're just going to try and spread a little bit of love and a little positivity. Back to you, Pat. All right. Well, thank you, Jared. That's right. Like I said in the opener, we're all about finding the good in everything. And as an added bonus, every episode will end with a segment called Positively Practical. Jazzy Jarrett has been in the communication and leadership training business for over 10 years. Wow, that's great. So he's going to give us practical advice that you can incorporate into your everyday life at the end of every episode. That's right. We're going to enhance your life skills while we talk about fun pop culture stuff. So let's get started. Let's get started indeed. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention our partner in our podcast programs. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hard binding those special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best high quality binding. And this might be the best part. They custom design every cover so every single hardcover they design is unique. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection. In addition to binding, they also sell special trade collections of hard-to-find comics. All this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself in those special comics, right? Go to omahabound.com today. And oh, by the way, if you're just here for the positivity and you're not really a comic person, they can bind anything. Are you collecting National Geographics? What about that collection of TV guides you have? 
Maybe you've got Sports Illustrated. I don't know, but they combined it real pretty like. I really enjoy the covers and images that they put together. Oh, yeah. They do real creative stuff on the hardcovers, and they're just beautiful. They're well laid out. They do great work. I have had many things hardbound by them, and I will vouch for them. Hey, let's get back to the Pop Culture Posicast. On this episode of Pop Culture Posicast, we're going to be finding the good in Dark Phoenix, the movie from 2019. Ladies and gentlemen of NASA, this is Charles Xavier. Help is on the way. We're doing space missions now. Cool. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go! The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. But it feels good. That power destroyed everything it ever came into contact with until you the x-men fear you and what they fear we seek to destroy she'll kill us all the girl dies she's still our friend she's not dean anymore That's right. That would be a bad idea. It was directed by Simon Kingberg. It stars James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Sophie Turner, and Jennifer Lawrence. Dark Phoenix! All right, the first step in every podcast is to give you our honest thoughts. We will always start by being upfront with you on how we feel about our topic. It's important to remember that even if we aren't super keen on something, that doesn't mean we can't find the good in it. So let's get going with our segment called Honest Talk. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Jared, how do you feel about the topic overall? The Dark Phoenix? Yes. Overall, I liked Dark Phoenix. I enjoyed it. I think it had a big misfortune in that it came out under the shadow of, I want to say it was Avengers Endgame. There wasn't a Marvel movie out, another one out. Yes, I think it was Endgame. It was one of the big Avengers films. And it Mm -hmm. came out in the shadow of it. And while I have enjoyed... Every entry into the X-Men universe that I think Fox has had the license. I've enjoyed them all. Mm -hmm. I would say Dark Phoenix is probably my least favorite of the franchise, but I still don't think it's bad. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching the other ones more, but I think it's also important to be honest with the listeners and tell them that even though I'm a big comic book guy, if you Mm -hmm. listen to Crusader Chronicles, you'll know that I'm not a big X-Men guy. Yes. So I'm not super tied 
to the lore and the stories of X-Men. So I can take the movies as just movies. I know just enough about X-Men to be dangerous, you know, <laughs> I've yeah, learned yeah, enough yeah, about yeah. them over Same the here. years. So I don't need it to be anything more than what I'm seeing. So I think that's a fair calibration for our listeners. If you're out there and you're like, I can't believe he just said he liked Dark Phoenix. It's terrible. It doesn't do the character justice, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I told you up front, we're not going to tell anybody they're wrong. Yeah. I'm just giving you my point of view. So overall, Pat, I liked it. I think it came out in the shadow of a giant comic book movie in the form of, I think it was Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. And I think it had that misfortune. I'm interested on your overall thoughts, Pat. What do you think? I'm kind of in the same camp you are as well. I remember seeing this in the theater. Me and my wife went and saw this. So it's going to mean something that she was willing to come and see it with me mm -hmm. with this particular yeah. one. And I don't think she's seen a lot of the other X movies at all. So I did like it. I, on my second watch through it for this podcast, I was enjoying it as well, too. I was like, yeah, I remember sitting in the theater seeing these parts. And I thought it was very well. I thought the casting, again, was well done. And uh, a lot of action. I thought the, the action in this was really good. The action was definitely good. And I'm certain we can talk more about that. Mm -hmm. It did just occur to me one more thing I need to be honest with the listeners about. You know, I don't want to preach sunshine and sunshine only. I'll probably bring this up on multiple podcast episodes. But I do feel like that we live in what I call a binary culture. And by that, I mean, it seems like more and more people are wired to be sort of that ones and zeros. I'm talking about like the true definition sure. of binary ones and zeros, like mm -hmm. either a movie is great or it's terrible. Don or off. Yeah, we've you're, almost you're lost. on the, the movie or you're, you're either on the movie. the movie, which has a train or you're yeah, off the movie, which has a train. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's either great or it's terrible. Yeah. And I think that gray area is just shrinking more and more people. And it may be, I mean, we could go deep into this. Is it our digital technology? Is it social media that's kind of driving this? But the point is, there is a gray area. You know, if I was to score this movie on a scale of one to 10, I would probably give it about a seven. Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's awful by any means. But for full transparency, I will say something negative about the movie. I think Jennifer Lawrence, I think she's as Raven, as Raven or Mystique, if you will. I don't like the characterization that they've done with Mystique. What it really feels like, and I think I'm close to the truth on this, what it really feels like is they hired Jennifer Lawrence to play Mystique way back, and I want to say it was X-Men First Class, and she wasn't a huge name at the time. Nope. Now that she is, it's like we have to shoehorn in more Jennifer Lawrence, and she's carrying this character in a way I've never seen the character act in the comics that I have read, and I just don't think she's right for it. I think she's grown past it, and they might have should have recast it. And, and no slight on Jennifer Lawrence. If you're a fan, that's fine. I'm not trying to tear her down. I just think she's not the right fit anymore. I can see that. I can definitely see where you're coming from on that. I... With this particular movie, you know, in Crusader Chronicles, we've covered the beginning of the Phoenix. True. And so we got to see, you know, the shuttle happening. And, of course, it's a movie, so it's going to play loosely from what was in the comics, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I have to open myself up to that going, I can't be like, okay, this isn't my comic here. Or <laughs> it's not done correctly. Along with the same characters that were there, you know, where's Wolverine? Where's all this going on. I just needed to, like you said, put myself in, okay, this is a movie. This is the movie universe. So I have to think of it as a alternative 
a universe or just mm -hmm. an alternate take, another different story. A lot of things are doing that. They're just taking it and spinning it just a little bit different for the media that they're trying to produce. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. no, that's fair. You know, I said I would probably give it a 7 out of 10. I'd be interested in what your thoughts were be out of 10. And this is where an honest talk, so you could be yeah. honest. I'd give it a six. I think a six is yeah. fair. And my second rewatch, usually when I watch my movies for preparation for these podcasts, I want to kind of watch them as close as I can mm -hmm. to when we're going to record. So the stuff is still fresh in my mind. And so I told myself the night before, I'm going to watch maybe an hour of it because it was an hour, closer to a two hour movie. Yeah. So I try to break it up. And my only time to watch is when everybody else is sleeping. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I ended up watching about an hour and a half into it. Mm, and I only had a like a sign. half an hour left. So if it can keep me wanting to want more at my time limit, mm. I know that it's a decent movie that I'm interested, you know, it caught me in a little bit that I'm interested in wanting to write it out a little bit more. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So in the end, do Pat and I think this is a perfect movie? No. Do we think it's a perfect X-Men movie? No. Do we think it's a fun way to spend a couple hours watching some superheroes do superhero things? Sure. Yeah. Why definitely. not? So now those are our honest thoughts. So calibrate accordingly. But do keep in mind, especially if you're one of these people that just hates Dark Phoenix, maybe you're a big X-Men fan and you're tied to that. And we're not. So you can automatically kind of see the different perspectives. Again, we're not telling anybody you're wrong. We're not telling anybody how to feel. We're just sharing our feelings with you and trying to shine a light on the positivity. And now that you know how we feel, it's time to find out what the Internet has to say in a segment called The Pit of Despair. Where am I? The Pit of Despair. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Don't even think about trying to escape. The chains are far too thick. <laughs> it's going to make me laugh every time we do it. During the pit of despair, I get the unenviable task of finding the more common and oftentimes negative opinions on today's topic, which of course is Dark Phoenix, the movie from 2019, found on social media, a.k.a. the pit of despair, so that Peppy Pat and I might address them so put on your helmet, Pat. We're about to dive into them internets. Helmet is on. I am ready. All let's, right. Let's do this. I got to be honest with you. When I went searching those interwebs using keyword searches sure. in the social media, I didn't find as much visceral negativity as I thought I would for this one. I'm sure there's some of that coming our way at some point, but yeah. I've got four comments. I'll read you what they got and we'll give our thoughts. Okay. Comment That's... number one. And I'm not going to put anybody's names or handles on this. Mm. It's all about just yep. the comment. Comment number one. I ran out of stamina to tweet about this movie. It was not good. Pretty basic. Mm -hmm. Interesting that this person ran out of stamina to watch the film. And apparently they were tweeting about it. But you found it more compelling to stick with it longer than you wanted to. Your stamina went up. It did. You know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a segment of the show. You better think of something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you say the movie is not good? I wouldn't say the movie was not good. I would say it's good at an average level. It told the story that it wanted to tell. It kind of came into a good ending for that particular remake of the X-Men movies that they did mm -hmm. with this newer batch of X-Men. Yeah. 
if this is the last movie, how it ended at with them putting up the Jean Grey School of Cyclops was putting that sign up there. And it's just to kind of see it ending that way. And then Xavier and Magneto meeting to play a game of chess and just, you know, two buddies ending it yeah. after their years of long drawn out battling. I wonder when the author of this tweet ran out of stamina. Cause I will say, I think there was sort of a mid movie lull. I think it lulls a little bit after the first 30 minutes, I would say the next 30 minutes can get a little lolly. And then I think it picks up in the last half. At least it did to me. Okay. It really picked up for me. Once Michael Fassbender showed up, I've loved his Magneto performances. Yeah. He's since good. Yeah. First class. And so I perk right up whenever he shows up and he's always doing cool things and and so I think he really helped pick up the film. Okay. Him and McAvoy both, I think, are really strong actors. So yeah. I think that helped. But I'd be interested. I could see maybe if this person was just drained and hit that lull. But anyway, let's move on to the next one. Okay. The next one says, For the very few that care, Dark Phoenix is such a disappointment. You had two shots at this and you screwed it up twice. Just hire Chris Claremont to write the script and John Byrne as a supervisor. Hashtag Dark Phoenix sucks. (laughs) Hashtag Dark Phoenix sucked. Sad face, crying face. I don't know what that face is. Angry face. Is it angry or blowing nose face? Yeah, doesn't matter. So we've got the vibe. This person basically says, hey, the franchise took two shots at the Dark Phoenix, which we did. They did one with Famke Jensen in the original trilogy. She phoenixed at the end of part two and came back in three to do her phoenix thing in part three. And then after they sort of rebooted the franchise... Yeah, and did it again. And this person said basically had two shots at it. You screwed it up. Just hire Chris Claremont and John Byrne basically to make your film. What are your thoughts on that? I would think if you hire Chris Claremont and John Byrne to do it, uh, you're definitely going to get a at least a three-story arc going on here. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of layers. <laughs> a lot of layers, yeah. <laughs> but again, I think finding that separation between comic book and movie adaptation of it Mm-hmm. is different. You know, you get that vice versa, too, is you have the movie. I've seen movies, and then I've read the comic book adaptation, and there's things missing in there. So you could take that, you know, on the reverse and go, well, they didn't put this part into the comic book. Why not? And they skipped over this part, and that was the better part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I go back to it was a different alternate universe to have a story to be told. Right. And unless you're going to get a team like Claremont or Byrne to stretch this out all the way, you're trying to do it in two hours of a movie. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it's just unfortunate that this had to come out at the time of the Avengers movie. Yeah. Or, or the time that it did period. You have to imagine if, if you went back to like the first X-Men movie came out in 2000. And if this movie came out, you know, in 2001 or 2002, I think people would have gone nuts for it. But Mm -hmm. it's almost like we got so oversaturated with comic book movies and and great comic book movies that it makes decent comic book movies look bad. And I think that's where this movie falls. I think this is a decent movie that looks bad in comparison to, like, this embarrassment of riches we have of really great comic book movies now. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is, you know what? I'll watch a comic book movie because what a great time to be. yeah. You know, that's, oh, I, I can watch Avengers. I can watch X-Men. I can watch. <laughs> well, we were DC. kids. I can do this. Yeah. We would have killed for this. 
Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> we had Superman, Christopher yeah. Reeve, which I'm not besmirching in any way, shape, or form. It's Mm-mm. amazing, and I still love it. But I remember the Punisher being out, Dolph Lundgren one. Dolph Lundgren, Punisher yeah, in the just... 90s, which, by the way, I still love. It would probably show up on a future episode of Pop Culture Podcast. <laughs> and you make a great point about sort of alternate universe and, and having to change it. I think there's a difference between Hollywood went through this phase in the 90s where they wanted to take comic book properties, but they wanted to make it, you know, palatable for the movie going audience. Yeah. You know, and then you got a lot of sort of bad movies, bad comic book movies. Too watered down. Well, a bad's a strong word for pop culture podcast. I find the good in lots of things. But you know what I'm saying? You got these movies where they kind of pushed it too, got too far from source material. Mm-hmm. So it's like this perfect balance where you need to get enough source material to keep the fans happy. And, and source material is great because, I mean, there's a reason these characters have endured for as long as they have. Yeah. So definitely stay as close as you can. And I, and I really think Marvel with the Iron Man films was sort of the first ones to get that formula right. John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Iron Man kind of got yeah, that formula definitely. right, had enough creativity, but still played enough in the sandbox to get the balance. And I can understand X fans thinking this is too far for them, but it's not too far for us because we're not big X fans. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot to compare it to. No. And you know what? What it does is makes somebody that hasn't been too far into the X lore or even about it. And they were like, oh, I've just seen the movies. Now I want to dabble in this a little bit more. Good. That's going to pull you towards the source material. Yeah, and then you, you can, it's just going to help out the comic industry, the artists, the writers, all that. And then there's so much lore in X-Men that you can get, you know, just immerse yourself in that written environment. And as we've learned going through on Crusader Chronicles, we're we're smack dab in the middle of the Claremont Burn run on X-Men. And it is like a freaking psycho train ride, man. There's so many crazy things over the span. Just a handful of issues. We've gone to other universes. We've been trapped mm-hmm. inside a crystal. We've met yep. all these new characters. We've met Sauron and... And we went to the planet where we met the Star Jammers. And to put that into a movie, you'd have to go full adventures and just do a huge arc of multiple movies to make it work. Yeah, to make it work. Coming back to this person's comment who said, just hire Chris Claremont to write the script and Byrne as a supervisor. I think it'd be really smart to let Claremont and Byrne have a hand in the film. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I, I think that their day may have kind of come and gone uh, I'm not besmirching their their quality, but I think movies need to be a little bit tighter than what we've experienced with Chris Claremont's being very, very wordy in his X-Men comics mm-hmm. and can't be that wordy in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you got to trim that down. Yeah, you got to keep in mind it's for another audience. It's a property that they need to kind of keep alive. And if yeah. this is going to keep a property alive, Good point. Good I'm point. all for it. I'm all for it. It may yeah. not be my certain property, but you know what? I'm still going to try to support it because I, mm-hmm. I want that to grow out there. And then, like I said, all that other source material is still there for somebody to learn about. Absolutely. I love it. Let's get into our third comment here. This person says, I also believe Disney manufactured the box office failure that was Dark Phoenix back in the summer of 2019. This is all nothing more than cinematic political theater, no pun intended, with the intent at manufacturing the public's taste in entertainment. And now I don't know if you know this, Pat, but there's a theory that says they tanked this movie on purpose so that Fox would give up the license so that the X universe could be moved into the MCU as a whole, which is the direction things are going. So there are some people that believe this movie was tanked on purpose. Thoughts? Boy, that's interesting take on it. But 
<laughs> if you're going to tank it, you really need to. How do you pick and choose where to make things worse? Or, yeah, I mean, or, a lot of people yeah. say say the timing by putting it up against Avengers, knowing it would get crushed as part of it. And, I, and certainly the yeah. timing was bad, but I'm kind of with you. Like, if you're going to tank it, why do you get Fassbender and McAvoy? Yeah, you're going to pay these people. <laughs> these great actors. You're going to pay yeah. really good actors. Jennifer Lawrence, you're going yeah, to pay that money. I don't know. To get a bigger name star to be in this movie. But I mean, there's some credence to it. You lose the battle to win the war. Now you get in the MCU and now your X-Men you movies do another start making of billions it. of dollars, you know? So I personally don't believe the conspiracy theory, but I can understand people who do. I can. I can understand what they're thinking of. That's very interesting take on that. I thought so. That's why I put it on the list. The last one, prepare yourself, Pat, for the okay. shock. That's coming your way. This person said, I need to share something with you. Last Sunday during my flight, I saw X-Men Dark Phoenix was available. So I decided to give it a go. I was so positively surprised. I really didn't get the hate that it got when it came out. The whole thing seemed cool, but the third act on the train was fantastic. (laughs) I found a positivity comment on those internets. Awesome. For Dark Phoenix. So, I mean, put yourself in the headspace. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on a plane, it's it's a freebie movie and you plug in your headphones and watch it. Are you going to regret that? No. Did I regret watching it last night? No. I rewatched it for the podcast. Did I regret it? No. Yeah. Let me not lie. It was also the first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> Okay. Well, and this was my second time, so I did you know, not I knew catch I was it going at the in. theater. Not by any purposeful means. I just just got by me. Yep. That was like we talked about. We're in the era now where there's like 87 comic book movies coming out every year. Yeah. I was at the point where I was hitting everyone because I'm like, I'm a comic book guy. I'm going to hit every movie, but then it just got like too many, and I, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> hit them all. It's like. There's just so many. Oh, what do I do? You know, yeah. not enough time. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm glad I found this one positive comment. Somebody who yeah. gets us, Pat. Somebody who gets us. <laughs> Definitely. You know? And yeah, he's right. That fight scene at the end. Great scene. Pat, that is it for the pit of despair for this episode. Well, thank you for being our guide through that, Jared. It's I not an easy it. journey to get into the internets, man. Thank you for doing it. Well, with that, we did it. We survived another dive into the internet. That calls for some celebration. And we do that on this show in our most important segment called Gimme the Good Stuff. Tell me something good. Tell me that you like it, yeah. During Gimme the Good Stuff, Jared and I will each reveal our list of three things that we liked about today's feature. So let's get cracking. Jared, three things. No big surprise here. I've mentioned them up already. Fastbender as Magneto. I will watch that all day, every day. I don't care what movie you put it in. He's excellent. Number two, no surprise. Train fight. That train fight at the end was incredibly fun to watch. Very, very cool. Number three, I'm going to give it to an odd little Easter egg that I could see some people thinking as a negative. I've heard some people say 
you put Dazzler in the movie and then you don't really use her. But I thought uh, Dazzler was yeah, kind was of a, a good neat, Easter egg. neat little Easter egg, kind of fun. I was like, oh, it's Dazzler. No, I don't need a whole movie built around Dazzler. Maybe I do, and I just don't know it. I mean, at one point, I didn't know I needed a movie built around the Guardians of the Galaxy. And look how that turned out. They're amazing. Yep. But I thought it was cool to see Dazzler. So I'm just going to say Fastbender is always a win for me. Train fight and Easter egg of Dazzler. What are your three, Pat? I like that you brought up the Dazzler because I totally forgot about that the first time through. And then seeing her show up during the bonfire party they were having, I was like, oh, cool. That was a cool thing to do. I am also going to agree with you on the characters, the actors as well, too. Magneto and Professor X being played by Fassbender and McAvoy. Really two great actors playing some iconic roles. That's not slighting the previous actors that did it nope. as well, Good too. Good point. Good point. Um, I like these younger versions. I think it was really cool to see. A real good way to sort of reboot the franchise as some of the actors were getting older, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very clever the way they weaved in the new universe. I will give them that. Definitely. And the effects. They spent some money on this for some of those effects. It was really cool to see what they did. Of course, the fight scenes that happened. Mm. Either with Magneto and Gene in the camp or on the train or going to the building outside. Yeah, that was Um, cool. Lots of stuff going on that was really cool to see. Now to wrap up our final thoughts on this one. Do you have any final thoughts? I do, pretty much like my initial thoughts. I'm going to go back to what I said before. Dark Phoenix, is it a perfect movie? No. Is it a perfect comic book movie? No. Is it awful? No. Is it worth watching? Even if you just watch it once, you know, just to watch it and kind of absorb it. Maybe you don't love it. Sure. I don't go into any movie thinking, I'm going to find a reason to hate this film. You know, if you do that, then... What are you doing at the movie? What are you doing there? What are you doing with your life? You know, re-examine your priorities. In the end, Dark Phoenix, I thought, was just fine. Again, I think it's probably the weakest of all the X films that I've seen, but I'm not saying that it's bad. I would not say it's a bad movie. I would say it's middle-of-the-road fair, and I'm okay with middle-of-the-road fair comic book films because we talked about growing up, we didn't have it. We used to cast mm-hmm. these movies in our head. Who amongst us did not cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Colossus in the 80s? True. We all yeah. wanted to see that. We were yeah. casting movies in our head. I remember talking with my brother about Clint Eastwood as Wolverine, and <laughs> you know, these are just things that we wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just casting and having fun, and now it's reality, and I'm so glad that it's here. I'm happy to see these properties being some, put in the public eye, yeah, get some limelight. And, and so in the end, I like Dark Phoenix. Go ahead, Pat. Okay. And I'm just going to continue off of that conversation is, yeah, getting that limelight. One, it's either going to help that franchise in a movie or it's going to help the property and a comic book side to, again, make people go back and, you know what, you want to know more about the X-Men Go read the comics. You know, some people say, well, read the book. It's going to be better. Or, you know, there's more information. You'll get more detail in a book. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I, like you, was it a perfect movie? No. But what I want to do now is I want to go back and watch the other movies up to this point. Watch the reboot. Because it's been a while since I've seen all the other movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, let me see how this book ends it and from the right. beginning. Well, that says something. It says something yeah. that you stayed up later than you wanted because you got engrossed in the story. And it says something that the movie makes you want to go revisit that whole series. And I think it says something good. Mm-hmm. With that, let's get into a segment I promised earlier. The one that can help you in your day-to-day life. 
Jazzy Jared's Positively Practical. Brethren and sisters, be seated. Gather round me, everybody. Gather round me while I preach some. Got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. This is the part of the show where we give you tips and tricks to help you have a more positive life, have a positive impact in your life, make you a more positive person. I know I need that. Ah, you're so peppy, Pat, but we could all use it from time to time. Now, uh, if anybody out there knows that I have two secret double lives, I do my comic book and pop culture podcasting at the Longbox Crusade. I also have my own podcast called Mm -hmm. Leadership Tips with Jared. If you listen to Leadership Tips with Jared, which is my more... Yeah, well, thank you, Pat. It's more uh, <clears throat> professional podcast, the more professional side of my life. Chances are you'll hear some things there that you'll also hear here on this show when we get to Positively Practical. But for today's episode, what I want to talk about is what are you putting into the world? And I'm going to focus that even more into social media. On social media, what are you putting into the world? What is it that you're tweeting? What is it you're Facebooking, Instagramming, whatever your social media is? What are you putting out there? What I want you to think about is what you put out there much, much more often than you realize reflects more on you than it does the topic you're talking about. I'll give you an example. Recently, I saw a friend who will remain nameless, and I'm not even going to get into details, so you won't you won't know. I saw a friend post a comment on social media about an individual, a very, a very public individual who's having a bad time. My friend commented and said, well, this person doesn't deserve any forgiveness. They don't deserve anything. They're scum of the earth, and they what they deserve is what they've got. And this bad time is every bit what they deserve. Hmm. And so what are you putting in to the world? What did you just contribute to the world with that? Does the world need your negativity to tear down this person? Do you know this person? Do you know the path that they're on? Do you know the improvements that they've made? Maybe they've gotten better since that negative interaction that you had. And I'll give you a hint. The person they were talking about was very big in like the 80s. (laughs) They're not big anymore. But the point is, you're using a snapshot of what you thought of that individual in 1980-something, and you're applying it to current day, so you don't know if they've changed or improved. And even if they hadn't, what are you putting in to the world? What did that tweet, what did that comment do? Well, unfortunately, what it did was nothing to do with the topic of that person from the 80s, but it it revealed the character of the person who tweeted it. It revealed the character that this person is very excited to be negative about someone and want to tear them down and kick them down into a hole and keep them there. Is that the kind of person you want to be? I don't. I, I don't think so. So, and I know we get emotional about things, people. And I know when we're on social media, we get emotional about things and there's things we hate. And we go, yeah, I hate that too. You know, I hate, you know, X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's the worst thing ever. And it's a crap movie and it doesn't pay respect to the X-Men. And for some reason, you feel like you have to get that out, get that negativity out in the world. I don't know why. It's one of those things where if you didn't like it, what's the harm in keeping it to yourself? Why put the negativity in the world? And once again, it to me, it reflects more on the individual that tweeted that or posted that. It tells me this person is a negative person. They 
possibly miserable person. Why throw your trash outside? Throw it all on the lawn. Just throw it on the lawn. Yeah. The main point of all this rambling is what are you putting in to the world? If you're just throwing out negativity and telling us all the stuff you hate, it reflects much more on you than it does on the point you're trying to make. Maybe think about it. You know what? This is positively practical. So let me give you a practical tip. Let me get down to the nuts and bolts of this. Okay. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you got that visceral hatred for something and you type it up and you type it up, right? Before Mm -hmm. you click send, that's the moment to go, what am I putting into the world? Put the phone down and take a minimum of two minutes off. Just get away from the phone for two minutes. Go get yourself something to drink. Go get a snack. Come back to it. And I'm going to almost guarantee you, if you put that thought in your mind, what am I putting into the world? You're going to hit delete because it's going to reflect more on your character than at any point you're trying to make. You get out what you put in. Get what you put in. That's right. So that's it for for positively practical. I guess the actual practical tip that I buried way deep into that rambling and coherent discussion is type it out. By all means, type it out. It's okay to have the emotion. It's okay to not like something, but take that two minutes. Take that two minutes to reflect. Is is this going to say more about me than it is the topic? And I'm betting that 99 times out of 100, I think you're going to decide to delete it and let it go. I think that's a good decision. And with that, let's give out some more positivity and let's show some love to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from my online store, theyardsaleartist.com. They get early access to special long box episodes, raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Woof. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Busta. Braxton Underwood. David Collins, which you know him as Battlewagon. Battlewagon. Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. I, the collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we will add you soon. But if there's any problem, you can always contact us at contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get that straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's very simple. We're very positive and upbeat, you know? Yeah, we are. Yeah, all of us except for Jason can head over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Pop Culture Cast. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade network. Jazzy Jared, where can they find that? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. (gasps) You can find the Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. You can go directly to www.longboxcrusade.com. You can hit up Twitter. 
Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Peppy Pat. And Jazzy Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online, I can be found at Christatos01. Jared? I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and it's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check me out on YouTube. If you search Yard Sale Artist, you will find me drawing pictures and stuff. And if you want to interact with the LBC crew with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube and also streaming on Twitter. Ooh, we're streaming in a couple of places. We do those Doing It Live streams on the second Sunday of every month, unless it falls on a holiday like Easter or Mother's Day. We'll bump it to the third Sunday, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Please subscribe to Longbox Crusade on YouTube and click the bell so you get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Pop Culture Pazacast. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. And remember, as the old Native American tale tells us, we each have two wolves that battle inside us. One positive and uplifting, and one negative and burdensome. Which one wins? The one that you feed. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.